Hello, everyone. We are live for episode 38 of the Fitness Business Growth Podcast. I'm here with Iggy. How are you, mate? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Mate, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, Iggy is a seven-figure fitness business owner, a seven-figure fitness business coach, truly one of the mentors that's helped me the most get me to where I am today. Cue the intro. Welcome to the Fitness Business Growth Podcast a podcast run by gym owners for gym owners. My name is Mitch, and along with Jamie, we are your hosts, and we will be discussing all the important things that you need to run a successful fitness business. From marketing, to lead generation, to sales, to retention, to staff, and much, much more. So if you are a fitness business owner, then this is for you. We hope you enjoy the following episode and we will speak with you soon. Iggy, I'm back, mate. How are you? Man, I need to, we need to step up our podcast game. We're still, I'm like, bro, what? Are we live streaming? Yeah, um, we're live streaming to my Facebook profile, our Facebook group, our Facebook page. And if we go upgrade, we can go straight to YouTube too. So we're live streaming and you have the intro and you have like the little borders, bro. Like what is yeah, going on? I, I was inspired. <laughs> it's funny, mate. Cause I actually, uh, when I was designing our podcast, I literally looked at systems by design podcast and you guys had the border. We do, but our team did that afterwards. <laughs> oh, really, man. Really cool. Well, mate, Iggy, before yeah, we get started. Up in a podcast and tell them like, bro, like what are we doing? Just to build some credibility, mate, if you move your head slightly to the left or right, there is an amazing award behind you guys. That is an two, is it two comma or three comma? It's an eight figure ClickFunnels it's award. Uh, two comma club X. And what does that mean, Iggy, for the people playing at home? It's for uh, building a business to doing eight figures, 10 million, over 10 million in sales. As 10 million USD? Yes, sir. Man, that is absolutely amazing. Did you go to Funnel Hacking Live over the weekend? Not this last weekend. I wasn't able to. I was just really, I really wanted to go because we had a former client, Shane, uh, the coach. Yeah, Shane. Yeah. Getting his uh, Two Comma Club X award uh, at Fun Hack Alive last week. So Man, like, how, does it, how, how does that feel knowing that a person went through your program, i.e. Shane, and has generated over 10 million US dollars? It's, it's amazing. Man, I don't think... Anyone else in the space can say that. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Not at all, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. like um, we've we've been able to build, help build a lot of seven-figure online fitness businesses, but like to be able to help somebody build uh, and really, he's like the second brand that we've been able to help take to eight figures, which is pretty awesome. It just shows like the principles, the systems, the frameworks, all of it really work if you're willing to work it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I find, mate, it's not the coaching program that makes the man. It's the man that makes the coaching program. Uh-huh. As in, I find that really good business owners, i.e., I've never met Shane. I've, I've interacted briefly in Systems by Design. He was already a phenomenal business owner, and he was just missing three or four key pieces of information. 100%. Shane's already the real deal. Sharp dude, super hard worker, um, very like intellect, like he grasps concepts and frameworks to the point where he understands the fundamentals and like the principles, the governing principles that make them work. Whereas like a lot of people, 
are just focused on copying the methodology mm. and when the methodology stops working because it never took time to distill down why do why does this method work what are the governing principles what are the underpinnings that allow this framework and these methods to be successful when those methods stop working they're no longer able to continue running their business successfully because they were just copying somebody else's method yeah, of course. And obviously, if a brand is for a fit over 50 compared to a young male brand, the frameworks, the principles apply, but there is unique different things that may need to change, i.e. the pictures, the images, the copy, the mini chat flow, the funnels, and all that yeah. type of stuff. A hundred percent. You know, a lot of people don't take time to really think through that. There's yeah. so much nuances when it comes to really successfully building a brand online that people just they're like well i copied exactly what you told me to do and i'm doing exactly what you're doing why isn't it working <laughs> yeah so yeah. mate i'm gonna really really test your memory here in the systems by design course the first section was on mindset and there was three things that you labeled the three different personality types there was like a stubborn goat <laughs> what, what, what were the other two mate so stubborn goat, we had the audacious lion, the inquisitive tiger, and the dead sheep. <laughs> so, mate, what is a stubborn goat? So stubborn goat is just somebody who is hell-bent on, like, figuring it out their own way and pretty much doing it themselves. They have a hard time asking for help, right? We all have a stubborn goat in us, but a stubborn goat is just going to be like, by hell or high water, I'm going to make this thing work. And sometimes it could be successful, it just takes 10 times longer than it should have. They're just willing to be humble and just take some input, take some constructive feedback and readjust. Like, so the stubborn line typically wouldn't respond well to constructive criticism. Yeah. So if you're being like a stubborn goat, I mean, think about goats, they're stubborn, right? And the reason why like you're the saying is like stubborn as a goat. When I was a kid, we we're on a farm in, in Africa. So goats were like the hardest to like, heard because they're they want to be independent they want to figure it out they're like personality that's like they see you uh fall into a hole and get bit by a snake and they're still gonna go in and be like i wonder what's in this hole <laughs> there's a black mumber in that hole <laughs> you know like i wonder what's in this hole i just saw you get bit and die let me just see for myself i'm sure i'll be fine let me just find out for myself yeah you know and what, what so we had stubborn goat, we had audacious lion. What is an audacious lion, Iggy? An audacious lion, uh, the way I like to describe it is somebody who takes action very quickly. They don't need a lot of information, they just need to trust that they're going that they're directionally correct. And then mm. they're like, okay, I'm going the right direction. They're like, all right, all in, right? So typically, they're the type of people where like they see something or you mention something and then they just go implemented they're like okay i've done this this was the result what should i do next and like what right that that's the personality of like an audacious line where it's like you're not afraid to take risk you're not afraid to go all in and and put your head down and really like go balls out and you're kind of like the at the mindset where like you're gonna dive in and figure it out as you go mm. all right so it's having, it's having a tremendous amount of belief like i'm going to be directionally correct I understand there are going to be challenges, but I believe in myself. I have the mentors in place that I can overcome it. hundred percent. All right. And, and that's where awesome. an audacious line shines. Like they have to really believe they're going in the right direction. They don't need a clear map. They don't need a very detailed step-by-step -step guide. They just need to go, hey, 
you're due northeast. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> yeah. You just go northeast and you're eventually going to get to where you need to go. Yeah. And it's like, I believe paid marketing works. I'm not exactly sure what my conversion mechanism is. Let's figure it out down the road. 100%. And mate, what were the other two? Uh, inquisitive Tiger. And what is an Inquisitive Tiger? It's Inquisitive Tiger is like an action taker, but there's somebody that has to know why, right? They're not somebody that you can just like, be like, hey, this is the direction that you need to go. They're like, okay, show me the map. What are the turns that I need to make? Why am I taking this route versus taking this route? And they want to gather information, not because that they're afraid to take action, but they just want to understand why they're doing what they need to do. Right. Mm. And more seasoned entrepreneurs kind of take on this approach of being an inquisitive tiger because at scale, being on an audacious line is going to cost you a shit ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to, it, it's going to lead to a lot of instability yeah. for the team. So the audacious to- lines, yeah, the audacious line sets up a Facebook ad and puts 1000 a day instead of a hundred. hundred percent. So an inquisitive tiger is a little bit more methodical. And if, if they're convinced and they really understand why they're doing what they need to do, they're not the type of people that are like, hey, just tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. They're like, tell me what to do and tell me why yeah. I'm doing it. I have I to understand like, it. And I, feel like, I feel like I'm an audacious line and my business partner, Mitch, is an inquisitive tiger. So he keeps me out of prison. He makes 100%. sure that I'm like, They make very good partnerships, actually, because <laughs> you're going to yeah. be the guy like, let's just do this. And then he's going to be the guy like, okay, what are the details? What's the plan? Like, do we yeah. even have a plan on what we're doing? Like, what do we want? What are we solving for? And what are the yeah. things that need to happen for it to be successful? They actually make really, really good partners. Because uh, yeah. you, you need the, the yin to the yang. And, and what was the last one, mate? Uh, dead sheep. <laughs> so, <laughs> what is a dead sheep? A dead sheep is like what happens when it, you get easily overwhelmed. And instead of really, like, overcoming that overwhelm that anxiety like you kind of put bury your head in the sand and they're like the type of people that when things get really challenging they go mia right you ever have those clients where it's like gosh i haven't heard from this person in like weeks they're just gone and um those are like really like the death sheets where like they easily get overwhelmed uh they have a hard time really committing to taking action and at the first sign of resistance they crumble yeah, right. yeah. And we all have dead sheep tendencies, right? How many times have you wanted to quit and just been like, let me just bury my head in the sand and hope this thing goes away? Yeah, know? I'm like, I'm going to do my first quarter taxes today. Dead sheep, do it tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. There are different things that bring it out of us. It's just a matter of like knowing. And the reason why I like creating those labels, because then I can put together those characteristics and know, okay, well, this situation, I'm tempted to be a dead sheep or I've been acting like a dead sheep. And I need to like kick it into gear and yeah. figure out what I need to do to get this thing solved. For some reason, mate, I think there was one other um, type of person and it offended me to my core, the shiny new object man. Cause I'm like, what, oh, is, that? what is that? What is that? What is that? And so Bryce, Bryce, coach, Bryce like, Jamie, do one thing at a time, mate. <laughs> it's squirrel syndrome. It affects everyone, it. but it really affects audacious lions the most. <laughs> I the reason why I'm able to like communicate it to a T because I struggle with it. And it's funny, one of my mentors is like, dude, the challenge with mentoring you is that you get a lot of different good ideas. Like the ideas that you come with, like aren't stupid, they're legitimately good. 
So, but it's just exercising restraint and just focusing on just like focus yeah. on the the most important, the one that's gonna have the 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 point, the highest uh, point of leverage. Right. Yeah, so uh, we're helping gym owners get VAs. I really believe in gym owners having VAs. I'm like, Mitch, do you know who else needs VAs? Tradesmen. They need VAs to pay their invoices. Let's start Tradies Australia. He's like, Jamie, like you're getting married in six weeks. I'm having a baby. Sit down and just move. I don't want to hear about it ever again. <laughs> yeah, score syndrome is what happens. Like um, I'm a very visual guy, as you can kind of see, like why I use like some of these kind of like animals. So you can kind of visualize a, a thing. Score syndrome comes from the movie called Up. It's a Pixar movie and mm. a dog that had a, a device strapped to his chest. And they were on their way to find some destination on the road. And every time it saw a squirrel, it would go, ooh, squirrel, run off the path and just run off randomly into the desert. And then eventually comes back to make a little progress. See another squirrel run off and it's like, ooh, squirrel, start chasing it off the path and eventually comes back. So score syndrome is just one of those things where like you got to watch out for it. All the different animals kind of struggle with it, but audacious lions like really struggle with it, especially since you're so quick to take action. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I can create a webinar pretty fast, mate. A hundred percent. Like if you don't have somebody kind of keeping you back before you know it, you've launched like five different funnels in a day and you're like <laughs> driving traffic to all of them. You've got, this extremely yeah. like you're spread thin across so many different yeah. things that are happening. Yeah. Um, and the thing about it is like those ideas are good ideas generally. You just yeah. don't have the bandwidth to execute on all of them. Yeah. It's something I'm really working on, mate. Like when we last spoke, you inspired me to do done for you everything in California. I had a discussion with Mitch and said, Jamie, let's just master Australia first. Let's fix up every inefficiency before you launch an ad. <laughs> In, in in california and i agree with him so man it's one of the biggest things that, that i work on every every single day because i'm just a very excitable person yeah and it makes for being a great like you know um it makes for being a great ceo you know um somebody who's more of like an inquisitive tiger do a great job as like an operator um because it means you have vision you're you're naturally curious so you, exp you you explore lots of different rabbit holes and that's where you get a lot of great ideas. It's like, you'll see something like, oh, let me like explore that a little bit. And they're like, oh, wow, that's pretty interesting. I wonder if I can apply it to this. Yeah, You yeah. know, a lot of the frameworks that I use to grow my online fitness business initially, all of it, like the most successful funnel that I ran, I got that idea from a completely different source. Mm -hmm. Well, mate, I'd love to learn about your, your journey. So you launched an online fitness brand called Try 180. But before you went online, were you an in-person PT or how did you originally get into the fitness industry? Yeah, I was an in-person PT. I got my certification in 2012. Um, started working as a personal trainer at a university. Uh, it was a great experience. Um, they essentially did all like your promotion. I was like a mini celebrity on campus where I got to train the the professors, I got to train the athletes, make great money doing it, but I never learned how to actually run a business as a personal trainer, right? Mm. So I ended up going on like a mission trip for like uh, like three, two or three years. I was in Nigeria, I was in Africa, I took a hiatus, I was gone for a little bit, and then came back around like 2016, 2017, and started uh, working as a trainer again. But this time will be my first time trying to run it as a business 
and it was mm. very, very. So were you, were you at a big box club like a twenty for like a, like a like a like LA Fitness or something? Yeah. More so I essentially started at an LA Fitness, um, and then I met somebody on online who was doing like three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year as an in-person trainer. Right. I was in New York at the time, and he was in New Jersey, right? So I reached out to the guy on Facebook. His name was Gary. Uh, solid dude. I learned so much from this guy. So I reached out to him on Facebook. I go to him in New Jersey. I go about like, I think it's like a two-hour trip for me to go meet with the guy and have lunch with him. I was like, dude, let me see your book of business. Like you're saying, he's telling me he's making this much money. I'm like, dude, let me see your book of business. He shows me how he's running his business. He showed me his books. I literally was like, dude, um, I'm going to come watch you work and I'm going to just come work for you for free. I'm just going to shadow you. Like, cause I just, I can't believe that you're doing it. I have to see it for myself. So So, meeting Gary just changed your belief around what was possible. A hundred percent. So I was like, I know. And for me, I'm like, I know he's not smarter than me. Right. I'm a hard dude, you know, and I know he's not better looking than me. So I'm like, So this guy figured out how to make it work. I don't have any excuses. So I'm like, if he can figure it out, he just, the difference between where he's at and where I'm at is he knows something and he's doing, he's doing things differently with his business than I am. And I don't know what that is. So I have to see what he's doing differently so I can implement it for myself. So in your opinion, Iggy, someone else has that experience, but they might not have that belief in themselves. I see that so often, mate. I'm sure you've had tons of people through your mentorship program that have seen the numbers that you, AG, AP, that Shane have done, and then they turn into a dead sheet. Yeah. It's because they're they're overwhelmed by the possibility, um, and they've, they have the wrong attitude about failure, right? Typically, somebody who sees like what people are doing and the the success that others have had and that causes insecurity in themselves is because of their own failures that they in their mindset around failure right the thing about like an audacious lion is they don't view failure as failure they just use it as it's just an opportunity to learn right it's just feedback and the dead shapes say things like it must be nice if yeah. only I started an online fitness business when they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, before I, uh, I made the move to um, learn from Gary, I was having dead cheap tendencies. I mean, maybe if I started my Insta- I started Instagram back in like when it first started and I was hearing about it, but I was also on in, in Africa. And I was doing a lot of different things. I was like, maybe if I started, maybe I'm like a little too old to get started now because at that time I think I was like, 24 or something like that i was like man maybe i'm gonna just like uh i need to start thinking about getting a career or all these different things right so, Iggy, Iggy, how did you have those dead sheep tendencies and then truly believe that you were meant to do more and that you had the belief that gary passed down to you for me it kind of comes from my mindset as an athlete right where i'm like I know for me, like it's because I already had the right mindset about failure. I don't truly fail unless I fail to learn, fail to persevere and fail to even try. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm like, if I tried and it didn't work out the way that I wanted to, at least I tried. And then I'm like, okay, well, 
what did I learn from this? So now not only did I try, but then I learned and I'm like, okay, well, did I give it my all that I set a reasonable time, time frame for which I was going to measure or not, whether this was going to be a success. Yeah. And then I change it from there. And so for me, it was just like, I got over the fear of failure um, through just kind of reframing how I looked at it and how I approach it. And even looking at it, like, it's not failure unless I just, I'm afraid to start and I just don't start. I'm going to start and it's not failure unless I'm, I don't give it my all or give myself enough time to develop some competence to where I can actually get good at this thing. I think it's a Gary Vee quote, mate, where it's like, you need to quantify failure. Obviously, Obviously getting a girl pregnant when you're 18 is a big, big failure, life-changing thing. But running a Facebook ad that didn't work, it, it's, it means nothing. Like, yeah, 100%. Like people, people, people think that's failing and the Facebook ad's failing when, like, they're two completely different things. And I know that's yeah. an extreme analogy, but, like, there is no such thing as failure in business if you just keep persisting and keep trying. Yeah, 100%. And so for me, like, getting to that point where I met, I started looking around, I was like, well, this is what I would like to, the income that I want to be able to, to make as a trainer. And I was like, are there other people who are making that or more? Right. And so I started looking around for other people who are doing that. And I found, I mean, no shortage of people who are like doing really, really well as a personal trainer. Right. And I was like, well, do I ha have to be a celebrity trainer in order to kind of make that kind of money? And I found examples of people who weren't celebrity trainers making that kind of money. I was like, oh, well, there are people doing it. So that, was, so that was the fallacy, right? Like if you're on Instagram early, you got to 100,000 followers quickly. Only mm -hmm. they were able to be successful. And that is a fallacy. Yep. 100%. So for me, like if I was a, when I found examples of people successfully doing it without those excuses that I was trying to hide behind to make myself feel better, ultimately, um, although, you know what? There's no excuse. There are people doing it who, one, aren't in as good a shape of me right? Don't even have their personal training certificate. They're not celebrity trainers. So there's no excuse, right? Yeah. They and that, that, that mindset of like, why can't I do it? And the majority of fit pros have the mindset of like, I can't do that. Yeah. It's like, and it's really the attitude change was like, if you really believe in the thing that you do, you really believe you can change lives and believe that you have what it takes to actually have a true transformational impact in the lives of others, then the question is like, like you're doing yourself a disservice and doing the world a disservice, but not actually going after it and doing it actually yeah. do it. And this should make you feel terrible. There are a lot of horrible coaches with massive online fitness businesses. And if you, like Iggy said, have the skills, the knowledge to truly change lives and it is your moral obligation to help those people and potentially there's three or four skills you haven't got, which is preventing you from doing that. And then you say things like, oh, if only I had the following, if only I started then, it must be nice for Iggy. Yeah. <clears throat> it's just it's just a cop out, right? And so for me, I looked for somebody nearby who was doing well. Uh, and when I found him, I was blown away. Like he didn't look the way that I thought he would look. His demeanor was very like, he was very helpful. You know, I thought it'd be like standoffish. He's successful. He probably wouldn't want to have anything to do with me. And then he responds to my Facebook message. Uh, and then we meet up for lunch. He shows me his book of business. And I'm like, dude, I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to show up at the gym tomorrow and I'm going to just, 
I'm going to work for you for free. I'm just going to start shadowing. And then he eventually let me move into his garage. And I ended up moving into his garage the next wow. day. You went all in, mate. Audacious lion. Audacious <laughs> lion. My brother thought I was crazy. But I ended up yeah. going to move with the guy. And then after about 60 days of um, shadowing him, I started to do more training sessions in a week than I did in like a month as a mm -hmm. trainer. Right. And I got to a point where I was doing about a hundred personal training sessions per week within uh -huh. three months of working with the guy. Okay. You know, for me, that was like definitely a belief breaker, seeing how he operated. He really didn't even know why what he did worked so well. He just like, this is just how I do it. This is like what makes sense. He didn't have anything documented. So as I was watching him, I was documenting the hell out of everything he was doing because I saw all the patterns. Mm -hmm. right? I'm like, why do you do this? Well, like, why do you take your clients into this part of the gym every single time to warm up? And he had kind of mapped out the entire gym in a way where clients come in, they come out, they go through their training sessions. And by the time they're done, it's like it made this kind of like full circuit to maximize efficiency of like how many sessions he can have and how many people he can train at a time. And he didn't even know he was doing it that way just because just just the way his mind worked. Yeah. Like make notes of all these little nuances of like what he was doing and was able to replicate it pretty quickly um, and get to a point where I was like, I got to a point where I was making more money than him faster than he even got there. It took him years to build his business to that point. But I was doing a hundred sessions a week after like 90 days of shadowing. Yeah. And then you recognized his patterns, his systems, and you must have executed extremely quickly to outgrow him in such a short amount of time. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I started to make like little micro improvements. Um, I think one of the things that you kind of have to figure out is what type of questions do you ask, right? Uh, and that's kind of like your superpower. When you see something like, is your question like, are you like, how can I make this better? Or is it like, ooh, what's, why does that work? Or just kind of figuring out what like your natural disposition is. And for me, it was like, how can I make this more efficient? Right. Mm -hmm. How do I make this thing like more efficient and more like predictable? Right. And that's kind of what I took with this process, documented it, made it super like efficient, trained other trainers underneath me on it to a point where I was able to kind of semi be out of the gym. Uh, and those trainers decided to like get with the clients and be like, hey, just pay me directly and cut out <laughs> of the middleman. And that's where that business model starts to shatter for me. Where I was like, yeah. okay. Just Newton as I need it to be. Yeah. And that's a great lesson, right? New level, new devil. You solve one problem and another problem rears its ugly head, which is untrustworthy personal trainers. A hundred percent. So, mate, I want to transition into really successful in-person training, 100 sessions a week, people working under you. At what point did you realize that, like, hey, I can make this better. And there's a whole world of online that I, I'd like to discover. I saw an ad on Facebook of this uh, African-American woman. Uh, I still remember her name is Jade. <laughs> I remember the day. I remember when I saw that ad because it was just like a completely new ceiling or belief was completely shattered. She was like, what year was this, mate? Sorry, just to track back. This was uh, 2017. End of oh, like. I can even tell you, it was June 2017 is when I thought of that. Um, and I'm like in, in the gym, 
on my lunch break, you know, scrolling through Facebook and I see her ad. She's like, I'm an online personal trainer. I do about $25,000 a month and I don't even know anything about fitness. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the F? Like, are you serious? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm sitting here and she's on the beach recording this ad. And I'm like, no effing way. No effing way. Like this, this is impossible. And, and then I go and click on the ad. And I saw like this webinar and start seeing all these different testimonials of people who were like, they don't know anything about fitness and they're just in good shape and they're starting to train people online and making all this money. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, you have people out here. I mean, I put time into studying nutrition, exercise science. I studied kinesiology. Like, I'm like, I put time into really understanding how to transform people's lives and got really good at it. And here are these people making just as much as I am putting in working at a fraction of the time with no effort into really building their expertise. Mm. These people are scam artists. Like it is have to go through that process again. I was like, okay. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the dead sheep tendency. I'm better than them. They don't deserve the success. Yeah. So I was like, okay, all right, well, I can be stubborn and continue just like, and be like, you know what, this is fake. It's not true. I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. Or I can be like, you know what? They know something that I don't know because I'm working very hard and they're making just as much and more money than me. Um, and so I got to figure out what that difference is. What is that Delta? What do they know? And what are they doing that I'm not doing? They don't know more about fitness than I do. Um, and again, I'm like, they're not better looking at me and they're not smarter. Than me. Like, what's my excuse? Yeah. <laughs> like, they know something I don't know. And it was always the information that was just like the gap between where I want to be and where I was now. Right. So I was like, I have to be willing to go out and get that information. So ended up attending their live in-person workshop, spent like 500 bucks to attend there. And I sat down in there and got a list of everything. They were like, they made an awesome sales pitch. And I was kind of sold on the opportunity of like the online fitness business model. Mm. All right. And that's where that bug started, where like, I got to figure out how to get this thing working. I just want to jump in for a second, Iggy. Like that was 2017. It's six years later. And behind you is a $10 million USD ClickFunnels award. So it just shows how fast things can change. If you have a right mindset, work hard, you want to help people. And you were genuinely curious about, well, hang on, like there's something that I don't know here. I have to learn. Yeah, everyone who's like anyone who's more successful than you, um, they're doing there's a lot in their time differently. Right. They know something you don't know and they're doing things that you're not doing. Right. Uh, and so for me, rather than getting an ego about it and getting prideful and trying to make excuses for why I'm not where I want to be. I changed that from being like getting prideful and having an ego to becoming curious, right? I'm like, huh, what are they doing differently than what I'm doing, right? Mm. How are they implementing? What are they doing on a day to day? Like, are they is what are they doing differently? And I just become curious and get that childlike curiosity uh, and put yourself in a position where like they're doing something better than me, um, and it's just a cold hard truth. They're ahead. <laughs> I got to figure. Well, it out. And what was that thing that they were doing better? Honestly, once I kind of got in, the main thing was um, they figured out how to get their message in front of their audience 
and they figured out how to turn that attention that they got into paying customers, right? But online, which required a lot of different skills for to actually execute properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I got into that first mentorship, it was it was rough, right? Because when it when it comes to learning, I'm very much more of like an inquisitive tiger where I'm like, I have to be able to see how it all kind of fits together so I can like execute it in a way that makes sense. Um, and the way that first mentorship was kind of set up, I just had a really hard time learning, kind of grasping what they were trying to communicate because it just felt like it was all over the place. Okay. Right? But uh, what I got from that mentorship was uh, they had a list of softwares that they recommended to that you can use to teach people online or train people online. And it was 20 different softwares. And at the bottom of that list was PT Distinction, <laughs> which is yeah. funny because I went through every single one of them. I was like, they just, none of these can do what I envision I want to be able to do for my clients. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of what was holding me back from really implementing their marketing strategy. Right. It was so like, really unpacking your training philosophy and putting it into an app so clients could get results with you not having to be there for those 60 minutes. Yeah. And that's how for me is like, and that's why like inside assistance by design, when we launched that, one of the first things that I would have people do is put together a checklist of like, what does your program step-by-step need to look like? What are you going to be doing for these people? Because for me, I had a hard time marketing because I couldn't get that out of my head. I couldn't visually see like, how am I going to get these people results? Mm. What are the things that I need to do for them to actually get them results? And I felt like an imposter when I tried to market the program. And so none of their marketing or organic strategy was working for me, mainly because I just couldn't show up the way that I needed to. And it wasn't until I actually took time and took what I was doing in person, translated it into like a simple checklist online. Okay, when I bring a client on, these are going to be the things that I do for them and translate that into like an app. Then I was like, okay, I got it. I know I'm going to transform this person's life. And take what I know I'm typically doing in person and translate it into like a simple online interface that I can use to get them get them a result. So you had the confidence that you could deliver a result online. You're no longer feeling like an imposter. What took you to a, a seven-figure trainer? And how did you, I guess, embrace paid traffic and paid acquisition? Honestly, it's kind of like there's lots of different steps. So I got my first client, my first online client, by closing them in person, <laughs> right? I was at a gym in my apartment complex, and he happened to be in the gym at the same time. I was like, dude, you're huge. And we started talking, and he was like, I'm trying to get into shape. And I kind of took him through like my in-person sales process, but only this time I sold him on a, on an online program for 1200 bucks, And never... And that right there, another belief broken. Yeah, I never... I never saw him again. He paid paid every single month. And the last time I saw him uh, after that point was we did a Zoom call. And he's like, dude, check me out. I took his shirt off. He he has a six pack. He was 58 years old. He's like, man, like your program changed my life. I was like, holy shit. I forgot you existed. (laughs) I was like, it worked. I didn't even like, I'm like, bro, I didn't even talk to him for like 90 days. And he went through the process, got great results. And that for me was like, that was when I really realized the power of like a really good system. Mm. Um, and then I was like, okay, 
I can do this. I just got to find and get in front of more people. And the way that I knew how to do it initially was like, I'm like, if somebody meets me and they get to know me and I can teach them like how I do things and my approach, they're going to want to do business with me. So I started trying to figure out how to do that. I was doing that organically, but it would just require too much effort. I was like, how can I do this efficiently? And that's where I started learning about paid ads. Um, and that's why I hired different mentors to teach me paid ads. And how a lot of these mentors were doing it was like, it was too short of a sell cycle for the way that I typically sold, right? Mm -hmm. I just didn't know how to condense my value, the value that I want to position in, in a short enough time frame for someone to make a purchasing decision. I'll just jump in. It's where FitPro struggle because if you are doing organic, the person's probably been on your profile for three months. Mm -hmm. By the time you're in that messaging conversation, they're effectively sold. But Iggy's problem was, is how do I take someone from unknown in 24 hours, book a call, and then sell them a $1,200 program? Yep. And so for me, I was like reverse engineering. Well, everyone that I talked to, when I was doing 100 sessions a week, that was all word of mouth. 100% word of mouth. And the reason why I was able to do that is I would let somebody come in and, and I train with them for 15 minutes, and that's all it took. Right. They'd come mm -hmm. in, they train with me for 15 minutes. If they became a client, I'll tell them, like, hey, if you if you want, you can give your friend a free 15-minute training session with me, and you can invite them on your next session. And that's just kind of how that like domino started to grow. And so when I was like sitting down reflecting, I was like, Well, if somebody gets introduced into my world and I get an opportunity to just kind of show them some value in what I can do, they're going to buy. Mm. That guy bought when he saw me and I talked to him for like 30 minutes, gave him a ton of value. He's like, you know what you're doing? Sold. Just like if I can do that online without having to create three months worth of content and be able to meet a complete stranger and communicate that value, they're going to buy. And that's where I got the idea for building uh, my seven day challenge, which was like the first extremely profitable funnel that took us to seven figures. So a seven day channel, seven day challenge, was it, was it free? And like, what was the conversion mechanism behind they complete the challenge or purchase your program? Yeah. So it was free. Um, and it was manual. Essentially. The first time I ran, it was like, I was showing up live every single day <clears throat> for seven days. And then on like day three, I'd have them schedule a consultation with me and I'll take them through the sales process and I'll close them. Right. And I did that for a few weeks consistently. And then I was like, well, I know how to deliver the value in an automated way where if they go through my seven day program, uh, they're going to get the value. If they're, if they're consuming the information, they're going to get the value and eventually buy. It. And so the next version of that was automating and creating like my evergreen seven day challenge. Uh, and that was like nuts because I built that inside of another mastermind that I was in at the time. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where all the fitness professionals were getting results in that mastermind were using my funnel that I gave them. <laughs> so just, just so I'm super clear. So you were doing it manual and then you effectively had an automated seven day challenge where they become a lead. They might watch a webinar. They'd be go to an onboarding page. They'd start your challenge day three. They'd book a phone call. They've got results in advance. Yep. And then by then they like, know and trust yeah. and you can sell them into your, into your core offer. Yeah. And so for me, the way that I got that seven day challenge down to a science was just doing it live manually and getting feedback when I got on a sales call. 
Right. So mm-hmm. I was going to ask him, like, hey, why did you book this call? And, you know, what led you to want to even jump on this call? And like, man, and they'll tell me the specific things that they got of the seven day challenge that led to them booking a call and eventually becoming a client. So then I was like, OK, cool. These are the things that they got the most value from. If I can kind of condense and re recreate it in a way where it's just like boom, 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 boom. They're getting all this information like up front. I can mm. short that cycle. Uh, um and then instead of them having to wait seven days, they got all the value that they needed to get on a call with me and make a purchasing decision. So someone might say, I love PTD. I love the way the nutrition is presented. And then you would start doing more of that in that seven-day challenge to get more, more calls booked. So it was like a surveying the phone calls and then yeah. more of that into the funnel. Yeah. So, and this is like the challenge that a lot of PTs have is their impatience when it comes to closing a deal, right? I was more curious about how the thing was working that led them to get on a call than I was interested in closing them as a client. I was legitimately just, it was, those calls were opportunity for me to do R&D on like what about this mechanism worked that got them here. So I can like rinse and repeat it and essentially make it as like predictable as possible. Um, and then the consequence of just having the conversation, not trying to close them and just telling them, Hey, this is what we do. This is how we go about doing it. it just, we are able to close a good amount of those deals mainly because I had a lot of conviction that I could help them and then didn't rely on any kind of sales tactics. Yeah. And, and a good product makes sales a lot easier. A hundred percent. All right. And, 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 and like, how did you, did you ever do direct, direct call or did you just run that funnel? Cause it was just so successful and you had it absolutely dialed in uh we ended up running that funnel so we that funnel took us to seven figures just that one funnel right because then it was just like once you have a good system it's like how do i feed more people to that how do i feed the machine right and that's it came to that point where when i would get on a call with a prospect they're like man is this really icky and they're just like so blown away and i was like yeah like (laughs) i know it's working <laughs> yeah. You know, and then uh, uh got to the point where I just run the numbers. I was like, all right, well, this is how much we're spending on to acquire a client going through this process. Uh, this is typically how long it takes for them to become a client. And then um, how do I optimize it to where like all the follow-ups are automated and everything that needs to happen to, to eventually get them onto a sales call was done. Right. Yeah, yeah man. This is design funnel tracker was a masterpiece cost per lead cost per booking cost per show cost per acquisition average revenue lifetime value and i guess for you you would have had it so dialed in that you would have knew what is the cost to get a lead what is the cost for a seven day challenge what is the cost for them to book a call day three cost per acquisition and then as you said you would just feed the beast of facebook advertising and it took you to well beyond seven figures a hundred percent and that was just with that one funnel and in fact that one funnel um, took myself, and it was the same funnel that took AG and AP to multi uh, seven figures. And then we did not iterate. We did not iterate for like three years. A bloody squirrel, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we did not iterate for like three years. It was just more, better, uh, repeat more better repeat, more better repeat. Like how do we do more of the thing? How do we do it better? How do we do repeat at the new level of uh, quality that we created? How do we do more of that level? How do we do it better? 
and it just repeat, right? And yeah. we did we it. Run, yeah, we run the exact same book of call funnel for our gyms like four years now, and it hasn't changed. Yeah, like once you have it dialed in, it's just like, how do I get more people into it, right? The only time we iterated was we uh, were noticing the sell cycle as the team starts to get bigger with the seven day challenge, the sell cycle was taking longer and it was causing cash flow constraint. Like we're spending so much money on ads that we're like, how can we like get this shorter? Right. And that's why we kind of like stumbled across the straight to application funnel. Right. And that was a funnel that really like took everything to that next level. And that's a funnel that's doing, that's produced over 10 million. Right. That straight to application was a game. Say that number, say that number again, mate. So that's the phone that's done over like 10 million, the straight to application. It's over, probably like at this point over well over 40 million across all the different clients that we've we've taught that funnel to. Yeah, so it is to a many chat flow, to a landing page, to an application, to a book a call, to a transfer of trust page with the world's best video sales that I've ever seen, mm-hmm. to a book a call, to an amazing nurture sequence before the phone call, and then you're closing them straight into a 26-week program. And it is just, I've seen it. It's magic. <laughs> yeah. it's um, But that idea came from the Evergreen 7-Day Challenge, mm. right? Whereas like we just changed where we're positioning that frame. Instead of it being like on the front end, that sequence was off the back of like them submitting an application and booking calls so that we can provide enough value for them to show up with the call with, with an intent to move forward. Right. So mate, you had a very successful online fitness business. How did you meet AG and AP and what led you, I guess, like, when did you realize that, wow, like I'm onto something here? When did you meet AG and AP? And I guess, when did you launch launch systems by design? Uh, we met in that mastermind in the first, in the second, I think it was like the third mastermind that I was in. That was the mastermind where I gave everyone my seven day free seven day challenge. Right. <laughs> right. And AG was in that mastermind. And when he saw the seven day challenge funnel, AG is a sharp dude. The dude is a, a marketing genius when it comes to like just fitness businesses and in general. So when he saw it, he like completely took it to the next level. And he was doing numbers with that funnel that I was like, bro, like what the F are you like? Where did you come from? <laughs> that's the audacious that's the audacious line right he saw something it clicked and went i'm doing that yep and he just pimped it out to the next level and the way that he was marketing to feed the the funnel that's kind of where we clicked we would just share really good ideas and got to a point where we're getting more value from our interaction than we were in the mastermind that we're paying money for i was like i'm gonna go a different direction and the validation i saw that i was onto something was just the fact that all these people that were coming in, they were paying this coach to teach him how to do something that he's never really done himself. They were using my IP to print money left, right, and center, right? And I was like, well, I could probably just do this myself. And then the guy ended up reaching out to me to buy it and be able to license that the rights to teach people that funnel. And so many people are using it now. It's just kind of like insane. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so for me, um, I was like, I'm on to something. And I, I think we can we can scale this out. And before I launched my online fitness business, I was like, the vision for me was like, I want to get a working business model 
get people underneath me and teach them that model so that it can kind of be like a mini franchise. And then I can like in, expand how big I can build the business. Uh, and then when I pivoted online, I was like, I want to get a working business model, see if I can license it to other trainers underneath me, uh, help them kind of do the same thing. And that was like five phases, like phase five. I wasn't planning on getting to that level until like several years down the track. It just happened to happen so quickly. Like 2018, and figured out the, the challenge funnel took us to like seven figures in 29th by like 2019 met AG. And then all these people going through this other mastermind, were getting great results using my, my, my funnels. Like, Oh, we could probably like, I could probably like start licensing this out. And then people start reaching out wanting to get access to it. Cause I left that mastermind and they were like, dude, things kept breaking. And they, and the person who was teaching people the funnel couldn't figure out how to fix it. Cause he didn't build it. Yeah. Reaching out to me. And then I was like, okay, well, let's see if we can do this. Um, and I'm a team player. I like working with others. So I was like, AG is a lot better at the marketing side than I am. He was further ahead. I was learning a lot from him. Yeah. I was better at the systems and a lot of their systems and stuff like that. We, they got from me. And then he had this absolute sales weapon in his back pocket AP that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, I was like, dude, like, I think we can launch a, a mastermind. Like, we can come together. You take care of the marketing. I take care of the systems. And he's like, oh, my business partner AP is an absolute sales weapon. Yeah. Did I tell you that he's probably the best fitness clothes on planet Earth? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, I was like, really? He's like, yeah. He's the one that does all of our sales. I was like, you sneaky mother effort. Yeah. You're all these leads to this absolute legend of a sales professional. <laughs> no wonder you're. No wonder yeah. you laughs around me because I didn't have that on the back end. <laughs> I've said this many, many times, but joining Systems by Design was the most pivotal point in my and Mitch's career. Number one, when I met you three, like so many beliefs were shattered. I used to see AG spreadsheets and then the dead sheep's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> that was it, like, because it is such an outrageous number. Yeah. And then I got further and further into it. I have a good friend in Australia called James Kent, really successful online coach. And he said, mate, that spreadsheet's the real deal. <laughs> and I went, all right, I'm going to join Systems by Design. And as I went through the course, it was just like truly amazing. Just the absolute cocktail of the perfect skills of marketing, systems, and sales. And without one of those three pieces, it always falls, falls over. 100%. And that's the reason why I wanted to partner with them because I knew AG can get the marketing covered. I had the systems covered and then AP had the sales processes dialed in. Right. And that's where like it became, I mean, the processes there, I mean, were like on second to none. Right. Um, and the nice thing about it though, but the challenge where, where that came kind of came through, the unintended consequence was running ads in the regions that we had brands that we owned became very expensive because our clients were doing so well <laughs> starting to drive up lead costs <laughs> yeah how many yeah how how many clients have been sold into a 26 week program responsible due to AJ's marketing your systems and AP's amazing sales script yeah it's it's ridiculous so yeah. that was an unintended consequence where like those brands really started to feel the heat, but it was good because it forced the, uh, uh, the team to innovate, to level up, to just get better and better. 
but it came very like it starts to take a lot more time and attention just to continue to keep up in those brands mm. um and that's where like we start to kind of phase out systems by design to prioritize like running like those internal brands so that at the end of the day is like well where how much time it would take to kind of get to a point where this business was doing the revenue that we were already doing in the other brands yeah of course you have to take a lot of it'd be a massive risk pulling back from those to kind of continue to run this thing it was more like the position in the marketplace is like hey we're already successfully running our own business online fitness businesses we don't need your business um so if you want to sign up <laughs> great but we don't need your we don't need you yeah and right. that is literally why I signed up with Systems by Design. It was so undeniable that you, AG, and AP were the real deal. And it's why we've kind of started fitness business consulting because I've had gyms for eight years. Like, I know yeah. how to run a gym. 100%. Once you put enough reps under the bar, you've actually gotten good at the thing. There's just an air. There's just so much nuances that you get to see in a gym that if I tried to come in and try and teach you how to build a gym without doing it myself, like, are you... You're going to run circles around me because you know the business model, you know the nuances, you know what works, you know what doesn't work, and you yeah. know how to identify constraints a lot faster than I do. I know that you have to have an 86-centimeter push-pull door and not a sliding door for the council approval. Just little things that you just <laughs> – like you actually forget more than you know overall. Yeah. But, mate, I got the Systems by Design Mastermind, but then I got an even better mastermind – working with AP and AG inside their business and watching how they operate, eight-figure CEOs. Once again, it was just another belief broken and it truly made me just a much, much, much better entrepreneur. And I'm so grateful for the relationship I have with all three of you guys. Yeah, I mean, you're doing some pretty incredible things, man. Um, I think there's been the thing that I'm most proud of as far as like what kind of came out of Systems by Design is one, some of the awesome coaching programs that some of our clients have started of just like are doing really great things like you. And we have a few other clients that have gone off to uh, do really well in their own business or even take those principles that apply to completely different business. We have a client who had took the same principles, applied it to a solar business that he started and he just kind of blown that up, which is like really, really cool. Um but the different ways that people have applied it into their own lives and started to have bigger impacts in the lives of others is like the thing I'm most proud of as far as that goes. Yeah, cool. Well, mate, I've heard all about your new AI robot. Bryce has been telling me about Iggy's doing this new thing. You've got to find out about it. We book hundreds of appointments per week. So Iggy, how did you come to this next phase of business of creating an AI robot? how are you developing it and how do you see it fitting inside not just fitness businesses, but just coaching businesses and service-based businesses? Yeah. I mean, the idea for it came from a, an extremely failed experiment of trying to do messaging for clients. Right. Cause I mean, I went through and looked at like, what are the differences between the clients who were doing really well and those who struggled? Right. Number one was the ones who did well, like branding. They were able to get their branding right. Their messaging was great. And they were able to um, turn the leads into sales appointments at scale and convert those leads consistently. Right. That was the, exactly my journey, mate. We had so many leads, so many messages we got to a point where I would have had to have hired an entire messaging department and trained them up. And that's where I struggled the most, to be honest, because yeah. I was just 
in the DMs and I was missing DMs on sales calls, doing onboarding calls. And it just, I could not keep up with the amount of leads I was getting. Yeah. And that's where the idea for hiring VAs and helping our clients, like doing the messaging for our clients. We're like, well, cause we've done it so well and we've managed like a pretty big team. Like, why don't we like offer it to do it for clients? And I don't think anyone who that service was offered to said no. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was like a real pain point that we're like, okay, this works. But then they actually the delivering on that service was an administrative nightmare that I would not wish on my worst enemy. It was, it was brutal, right? Yeah. Trying to train people on so many different messaging processes on so many different pages. Like it was just like insane trying to, trying to get all those like things mapped out. The nine and- messaging script. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got something similar for our done for everything service. And it's still today, like the biggest pain point for myself. Yeah. It's like trying to get, that was like where the sticking point was. Shane was able to scale quickly because this dude was a phenomenal at recruiting and training BAs to do the messaging for him. Mm-hmm. Like he built like an entirely very robust messaging department training program, like how he manages them, how they onboard them, and like how he tracks their metrics and all those things. That's the level that you would have to have the that messaging department to really scale that. And we just didn't have the bandwidth. And we just didn't have the infrastructure to support it with so many different clients being onboarded in their messaging processes, having some nuances to it. And I was like, I know this is something that's a need. Um, and then I saw an ad for another uh, AI company that figured out how to do something similar via SMS. I was like, man, if we can figure out how to do this with technology, it could be a real game changer. And that idea came like November 2021. Mm-hmm. Start working on like the framework for what that would look like and kind of playing around with it and trialing it out. And then with the boom of uh, OpenAI and ChatGPT and like getting access to advanced language models um, to do that, that's really what took it to the next level. Like, okay, we can actually, we can take this thing that we have that we've been kind of working on and actually bring it to market and bring together like an MVP and just see if we can, if we can get it functional, right? Yeah, and just to be clear, this isn't go high level. This isn't sending a message at 8 p.m. on Monday, then Tuesday at 12. This is like an intelligent conversation going back and forth with a prospect. Iggy, can you give me an example of like a weight loss one? So weight loss lead opts in, they get to the end of the flow and it asks them like, hey, what is your goal? And the yeah. prospect replies, I want to lose 20 pounds. Like what, what level of conversation is the AI capable of having? It's, having a, it's capable of having a really good conversation, right? And however well we can train it, that's how well the conversation is. The prospect can say, yeah, I want to lose 20 pounds. Like, okay, thank you so much, Jamie, for, so I see you want to lose 20 pounds. You know, what do you feel like has been the main challenge with uh, losing, uh, reaching that goal? Like, I'm really struggling with, like, my nutrition, my diet. I just feel like I'm tired all the time. I was like, got it, you know? struggling with nutrition and feeling tired and sluggish can really be frustrating and you're definitely not alone. Right. So it's like intuitively taking what they're saying and kind of recapping it, showing like it's actively listening and then taking them through the entire messaging script without, and it's not like a chat bot where like, if the person says this and this it's just like, Hey, this is our script. Right. Um, And it can intuitively take somebody through the messaging process and get them booked in and we can give it feedback on how well it's doing. We can tweak it, 
train it and, and make the micro improvements to improve how many people it's taking through that entire process and getting onto the calendar. So you've got this intelligent language model and the more data you feed it, the more conversation it has, the better the AI actually gets at responding. 100%. And we found like a th about a thousand inputs is where it really starts to like fine tune and get really dialed in. The nice thing about like some of our accounts that we get to work with is we can leverage, especially for like the fitness side, we can leverage a lot of like the internal IP and some of the stuff that we've already trained it on and kind of share those inside of our client accounts. Um, and it's been awesome to watch, man. Like the conversation that it has, sometimes I'm like, wow, like this is, <laughs> that just like blows me away, you know? But the goal was if we can reduce how many VAs you needed to scale your business, then you'd have way more leverage and you'd have a business model that you actually enjoyed. Yeah, right. of course. And that's kind of what we've been able to do for a lot of our clients. Like um, the fit pros that are using it actively is just like we look into their Slack channel. They're generating leads. It's just like nothing but like bookings just coming through. And that's just happening without them having to send a single message, do any follow ups. And when you hear fit pros that build the online prison, the online prison, they're usually referring to just the amount of time they spend in the DMs or at yeah. scale, the amount of time managing the VAs. And they're humans, they make mistakes. There has to be also like accountability and processes to check that the right messages are being sent. And your goal is to for Charlie to become that great, that intelligent, that it replaces the need for, for VAs in the DMs. 100%. And to the point where you can use your VAs to do lead gen instead of, and you can do other stuff, right? Instead of like managing the leads that you're generating, they're a part of your legion, right? They're going out, sending, doing cold outreach and do whatever it takes. And they're following up with your followers and starting conversations to feed Charlie and feed the machine. Right? So as opposed to feeding your VAs more conversations, the VAs are generating leads and then feeding Charlie. And then Charlie is booking more appointments. And especially at scale, mate, you know this more than anyone, but if you're spending a million dollars on ads, like percentages matter of bookings. 100%. Um, and then also like even like your labor costs, being able to reduce like labor and how many people you have to manage. Like one of the biggest feedback that we get from our clients when Charlie's fully trained and you have to go, I mean, with anything, if you're training a new VA, just give me like several weeks of training to really get them dialed in. And then another few months to really get them performing at the level that you need. What's up with Charlie? You're going to need to go through like three to six weeks worth of like training where it's like it's going to say something stupid that you're like, oh, why did it say this? Or <laughs> right. And you got to go through that process where you're training it and giving the feedback. But it's work that you do once. That's, yeah, so that's the idea would be is I could have conversations with Charlie about losing weight. I need to understand the problems that my prospects are having, the conversations that are having in the DMs. And then mm -hmm. I would go in and play with Charlie and have those conversations. Yep. And if I think Charlie says something stupid, like what do I, how do I, how do I coach that? Or how do I, how do I make that change? Yes. Yeah, so we have a couple of ways that we do this. Um, so if you cast something, typically you can just submit a bug report and then the, the team will go in and just go on the server side and adjust uh, the settings. Um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a way where you can actually go in and just kind of fine tune those things yourself. But for now, they're just submitting a form and then the backend tech team on the server side is going in, making those adjustments, tweaking it. And then you can role play with it and kind of cache those adjustments before it goes live. 
uh, mm-hmm. tweaking on your behalf. Uh, so right now it's very like we're very involved in the training process um, until yeah. it's like fully dialed in and then it's out of sight, out of mind. It's just set and forget. What was so cool the other day, man, I got a cold message from Charlie. Is that the next evolution of Charlie doing cold outreach for you or like how, how does that side work? Yeah, so that's what we're we're working on uh, playing. A, we're working on building like an outreach integration, uh, like a cold outreach in, integration. So. Yeah, that was uh that's that's in the works. That is that yeah, is in the works. I saw the funniest you ever made. I think you posted a screenshot and it was a lady replying, it's nice to talk to a human being for once. <laughs> that was hilarious. But that's one of those things where, like we didn't even train it to like we just gave examples. Somebody says, Is this AI just like because we don't want it to be unethical and saying that it's a human? Yeah, right? of course. But we also don't want to like just say come out and say like it's an AI. So it's got to be discreet in how it addresses it. So yeah. they're like, is this a human or AI? And then Charlie was like, ha ha ha! Like, it's, isn't it crazy that you have to ask that these days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the woman was like, yeah, okay, I'm glad I'm talking to a human. And Charlie picked the conversation and was like, okay, so you know, how long have you been struggling with this with this uh, with this uh, goal? Right. And then got them booked in. And I think they eventually end up signing up. But it's just hilarious, like what it can do once it's like properly trained up. Far out. Mate, that is one impressive piece of AI. Mate, we have run late today. I really want to thank you for your time. I appreciate the help the last few years. I end the podcast, Iggy, with the same question. What's one question I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? Ah, so that's a good question. I'm going to be stealing that. One question that you should have asked that you didn't ask. Um, that's a probably like, what does it really take to build something successfully? Like, all right. In your opinion, the answer to that question is. It takes belief in the fact that it can actually be done. The discipline to do the thing long enough to actually reap the rewards and the skill to actually build it. All right, those are really like the three things that I believe it takes to build anything successful. You have to one, believe that it's possible. So mindset, your, your filter and how you view the world the discipline to stick to it long enough and do what it takes and do what is required to actually put in the volume of reps and then developing the skill to actually uh, be competent in the thing that you're doing. All right. Man, I love that so much. If you have the belief, you have the persistence and resiliency to get through the valley of despair when things aren't working out and you have the skills to overcome those obstacles. And before you know it, Iggy got started in 2017 Behind him is a $10 million USD ClickFunnels Award, mate. It's super inspiring, super impressive. And I want to thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Um, I love the way that you kind of have this thing set up. We're, next time, if you guys see the boardroom, uh, next thing you're going to see, we're going to be modeling a lot of the things that you have here. Yeah, cool, man. Th- thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right, take care.